and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, but not in a pretentious way, but as as if you were listening to uh, a review about movies with your best good buddies. And of course, I'm joined, as always, by my best good buddies. Let me introduce them to you. First up, you know him, you love him. It's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Uh, Hey, folks at home. And of course, you know her, you love her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented, the stardust queen herself, Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hey. <laughs> Lindley is uh, running around like a chicken with her head cut off. Her mother yep. is coming to visit uh, very soon. Hi, yeah, Mom. Yeah, yeah, because her parents listen to this podcast, unlike my parents. Um, <laughs> Stephen, do your parents listen to the podcast? My parents, I don't know if they even remember I exist. Ugh, same. Well, my parents. Oh man, oh Stephen, I was gonna, I was gonna say, well, my parents love me, but I was like, no. After what you just said, that seems whoa, really whoa, whoa, bad. Whoa. <laughs> Lindley, don't rub it in our faces, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> Audience, we're laughing, we're having a good time, uh, and of course, the good times are going to roll a plenty tonight. We have a lot of things. Uh, to talk about. It's a lot of smaller things to talk about, but it, it doesn't matter. It's still important, um, and it's still going to be really cool, so don't go anywhere. Before we get started, however, uh, just a few housekeeping things before you begin this journey into movie news. Uh, first off, if you listen to this episode and you find that you really, really, really like us, I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, make sure that you go on iTunes, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, whatever app you're using uh, in order to listen to us. I want you to go on there right now and hit the subscribe button, okay? I want you to follow us all the time so that whenever we do really cool things uh, like live shows or maybe we show up at some future uh, conventions like <coughs> BlurredCon and uh, <laughs> New York City Comic Con, uh, which we'll have news about later on in the show. Uh, we want you guys to know firsthand where you guys can meet us. Uh, so make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you share, uh, make sure that you let everybody know that Popcorn Prattle is indeed the film talk podcast to listen to. Now, of course, some of you have already subscribed to us, and that's great. That's wonderful. But you know what? You can also talk to us a little bit more, and you can also get to know this lovely lady here, Miss Lindley Key, on a little thing called the Stardust app. Lindley, tell the audience about the Stardust app really quick. Folks at home, the Stardust app is an awesome way to share your reactions to either a movie or a TV show you just watched. All you have to do is download the app, the Stardust app. You go, you download it, and then you pick a movie you just saw, and you react to it, maybe like a 60-second reaction. You post it, you share it, you follow people who like the same movies as you, or we've got reviewers like Jeremy Johns, Chris Stuckman. They're all on the app. It's awesome. You should go follow me at Little Lottie, that's L-O-T-T-I-E, 
um, I need to post some more reviews <laughs> on there. Uh, life has been a little hectic, but you, yeah, you should go download it. That's awesome. It has. Life Life has definitely been a little hectic for us all. Um, but guys, it's summertime. Summertime is finally here. And I know, Lindley, that doesn't normally mean too much for you because you are like the rest of nope. America with a regular job. But to Stephen and I, this is like, <laughs> this is like, you know, getting out of the insane asylum and <laughs> or like being at the end of the whiz. And <laughs> can you feel a brand new brand day? day? Can you feel a brand new day? Oh, I sh- Although I would really love to see Steven dancing around like they do in the movie. Oh my goodness. I would love I would love to see Steven in the Wiz. I would love him to be the only white guy in the Wiz. I would love to see Steven <laughs> just exist. I'd just like to see Steven. <laughs> Steven, you're you're really dark tonight. Too, I'm gonna need Steven. you to cool it. <laughs> <laughs> I will just cool it with this Kool Aid I found. <laughs> what the? Okay, all right. Steven, well, we we just lost some listeners. Thanks, Steven, for being weird. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah, let's let's move on. Uh folks at home, we like I said, we have a very exciting show lined up for you tonight. Uh we are going to talk about a variety of different things. Uh first up, we're going to talk about uh this latest rumor that I heard about the X-Men universe and uh no movie news has actually come out, but it was a revelation that was brought to my attention that I was like, I kind of wanted to bring up on the show and and discuss it for a few minutes. Uh, you guys know how much I love this movie. I love Creed. I sing its praises. It's what got me super excited. What? No, not Master of Disguise. Why would I say Master of Disguise? I'm talking about. I'm talking about Creed Two. I'm talking about Creed Two. The most the, the the what's potentially going to be one of the best sports movies since Creed One. Uh, the trailer just dropped. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. Uh, we do have a go home DC your drunk segment audience. If this is your first time listening to the show, what's wrong with you? You need to figure out what we do on go home DC your drunk because tonight we have two out of three topics within that segment that uh, yeah, just prove once again that DC does not know what they're doing. Uh, but you know what though? Wonder Woman, of course, is here to save the day as per usual. Uh, and then we're going to close out the show uh, talking about Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. Now, if you are listening to the show, uh, just know that we 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 do abide by the spoiler-free uh, territory uh, zone, if I may. But tonight, I, I, I mean, Stephen, I, I know you and I were talking a little bit about it on Facebook. I feel like we have got to discuss a little bit about yeah, you know what what's next for the franchise yeah, and and some of these moments it's kind of hard to talk this one without talking spoilers so yeah I yeah agree. most definitely so we'll we'll definitely give you guys our our opinions about the show spoiler free uh but then we're gonna let you uh kind of skedaddle on out of here if you haven't seen the movie what's wrong with you go see it it's opening weekend some of us are broke, but some of us, you know what though? Some of us <laughs> found a gift card in their wallet. 
I saw it. There you go. There you go. Steven saw it. I had a gift card. Lindley, you have no excuse. Go see it. If Steven could go see a movie, Lindley, you could go see a movie. Oh, yeah. uh, as Dave as Dave pointed out. Hey, Dave. Um, hey, Dave. All right, guys. Without further ado and gilding of the lily, I am so excited to start this show. Steven, Lindley, are you ready? Ready. All right, guys. Let's prattle. So let's start off by talking a little bit about... Uh, Star Wars and Star Wars uh, universe. Last week we talked a lot about how uh, the Star Wars fandom has completely ruined uh, the experience for for several fans, for several actors within the Star Wars films. Um, but now, guys, I mean, a week later, now they now they've just taken it to a whole other level uh, with these two newest. Uh, uh, things that have gone on. Uh, first off, they have canceled any future um, spinoff films, you know, Star Wars story films, because of yeah, because of the of the. I guess what is it? It's not the. It's not. It's not like uh, reviews because Solo got good reviews, right? It's just low attendance. It got mixed. Okay, it got mixed. I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was very. I, I thought it was very it. good. So I loved it. I mean, so it it got mixed, mixed. Let's say mixed to positive, right? Reviews, but as far as attendance goes, not a lot of people saw it because, you know, fanboys gonna fanboy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, then I I saw recently when we were trying to figure out the topics for this week, I saw recently that on Twitter they were talking about remaking the Last Jedi. Which again, I enjoyed the Last Jedi, so again I'm confused on what we need to remake. Um, I thought it was I thought it was stronger than uh, the Force Awakens, which to be honest is just you know a New Hope with some new paint slapped on it. Some really good paint. So some really good paint. Yeah, it was some really good paint, but I mean it was a New Hope. Um, whereas I thought The Last Jedi was more so of, it had a lot more elements of being its own, um, its own film and having its own identity. And, and clearly it does have its own identity because people are asking for a remake of it because they're still not satisfied for whatever reason. Uh, so guys, just real quick, let's just round table this. You know, what, what, what do you guys think of this news about, you know, uh, the Kenobi film being canceled, future anthology films being canceled, you know, the, the Star Wars fans wanting a remake now of The Last Jedi. I, I mean, what what the heck? What's going on? It's hilarious. Yeah? Not, not so much the implications that it's come mm-hmm. out, but the fact that some people have nothing better to do with their lives... Mm than harass an actress and spend their hard-earned money on not any charities or, you know, something useful. But hey, these this two and a half hours that I didn't like, I am so offended by this, I'm going to raise money so someone has to remake it? <laughs> like, check your privilege. 
Cage, yeah. dude. Yeah, definitely. And I love how I think both James Gunn and Rain jo- Ryan Johnson were just, they, they're yes. trolling. Mm. They're trolling this. And I'm like, good for them. They they don't deserve this. And I'm glad they know that this is, this, this is dumb. Yeah. This is really, really dumb. Ryan Johnson had a, he had a great, uh, response to it he he like retweeted he and uh, this is the director mind you retweeting this saying oh god i hope this happens <laughs> like it was amazing <laughs> um mm. you know i i think last time i may have complained a little bit about you know how movie trailers lately have been doing this weird little tomato score reveal uh lately to try and draw people in and i think <clears throat> I think this really goes to uh, something I've always kind of complained about, and that's the hive mind mentality mm. with movies, especially in franchises. Um, you know, you usually have mm-hmm. like a film. If you go and see it by yourself and you don't get any outside influence or opinion, you know, I'm more liable to take mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. thoughts seriously uh, because... <clears throat> I distinctly remember a time where I did actually enjoy the Star Wars prequels. Um, and I, granted, uh-huh. I was young, and I hadn't really seen a whole lot of much better movies, but there were things that I liked <laughs> about them. Um, and then you get a hold right. of the internet, and you discover, oh wow, there are a lot of people out there who hate these uh, Star Wars movies. Um, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know, the the complaints are pretty valid, but then same thing happened with this new trilogy, which I think objectively you could say this new, uh, series and even the anthology films by Disney are objectively better than the prequels. Um, because the prequels, Mm -hmm. they don't have much going for them. You know, they may have looked really cool back in the day, but you look at them, the visual effects don't hold up and that's what they put all their, they put all their eggs in that basket. Of visual effects because the acting was uh-huh. terrible and i'm not just talking about hating yeah. christensen here i mean everybody was bad in those movies um the music the music is the only mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. is great uh in my opinion um and i did like revenge of the sith but um that's my personal thoughts and i feel like people uh on the internet they get so caught up in this weird community consensus uh, that you know disables them from being able to objectively enjoy anything uh, on their own. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like you know you listen to the reviews all the time, um, and and this you know this again goes back to why I hate the tomato reveal. Um, you know when they reveal like the tomato score for I don't know Last Jedi, and it's uh-huh. you know the critic response is low, and it's because oh this is just politically correct garbage. It's like why would I use that? as determining whether or not I would enjoy the movie. I think that's uh-huh, an uh-huh. illegitimate complaint about a film. Oh, so it features a gender that scares you as the lead? Please grow up. So, But Steven, she's also Asian. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> not only is she a woman, but she's a woman of color. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I just... For me personally, I always distance myself from the internet, especially in the days leading up to a film, because that's where you start getting Mm -hmm. the trailers that reveal everything. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, so you try Mm -hmm. to avoid all that. Um, 
And and that's one of the reasons I loved The Last Jedi so much. It did its own thing. It defied every single, just about every single theory we had for it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it. It went against all odds, and it did its own thing. And I commended it for that. And so to see all these fanboys basically come out and go, hashtag not my Luke Skywalker, you know. <laughs> it's oh, my like, gosh. It's like, you know, I could care less what their vision of Luke Skywalker is. This isn't his right, trilogy. Right. Um, this is Rey's, and I like what they're doing mm-hmm. with her story. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess I'm just kind of like, on one hand, yes, I was not asking for a Boba Fett story. Um, I think an Obi-Wan story would be cool, but... Oh, it would be so good. That's the only yeah. one I want. <laughs> so, on one hand, I'm like, okay... I wasn't really excited about most of these anthology stories anyways. So it doesn't really mm-hmm. hurt me on a personal level, I guess. Um, but at the same time, I'm a little disappointed that we're being forced to re- recognize the more toxic portion of the Star Wars fandom. Um, and, th- mm-hmm. and and I just feel like it kind of gives them a sort of uh, power, uh, which honestly, mm-hmm. I really feel like if that level of toxicity exists i if i own star wars i wouldn't want my brand associated with that personally mm-hmm. i would have no qualms you know cutting that branch of the fandom off because it's like right look, you gotta understand star wars is made for generations you know the original trilogy mm-hmm. was for kids growing up in the 80s our generation got the prequels and now the next generation's getting the new ones so and, and I mean, it's something everyone can relate to, but they've just got to let it go. Yeah, they do. Like, grow the bleep yeah. up. Yeah. I I saw something online talking about how, and this kind of ties into a movie that's in theaters right now. The Star Wars fandom is a lot like Syndrome from <laughs> The Incredibles. Yes. Yes, it is. Syndrome mm. is the I, no, perfect. No, not to interrupt you, but I literally said that perfect. same exact thing to my wife the other day. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, yep. Syndrome is, is was inspired by the Star Wars he's fan the base. Perfect. <laughs> he's the perfect picture of a toxic fan, someone who's a fan, but thinks that because he is a fan so much is owed to him mm-hmm. and when he doesn't get what he wants it turns ugly you, you know yeah. stephen king wrote a story about this it was called misery it's a great book <laughs> seriously you should read it it's a great book i mean i at the end of the day with with all of this you know, the star wars crap i i I can't help but just feel like I don't even like I'm not even interested in seeing any more Star Wars films just because of of uh, of just the fans. And it and it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that 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 the fans are like you said Stephen like have so much power um and are causing so much destruction with this yeah. cinematic universe. I mean, I I was not a big fan of the anthology series when they were first announced. I was like, well, that's dumb. That's just a, a cash grab. But I like Row One. I really enjoyed Solo. And so 
I they kind of got my blessing a little bit when it comes to all of these other um, anthology films. I was excited about the Kenobi film. I thought it was something that I was like, okay, like, you know, it's kind of like Solo. Like, do we really need it? But it'll just be fun to watch, you know, and kind of hear those stories. Same thing with like, you know, like a Yoda film. Um, I was not. I I still and, and we don't have to get into it, but I I still don't get the hype over Boba Fett. Um, like I don't get like why he's so cool to people. I'm like, because if that's the case, then why isn't Captain Phasma getting the same attention? Because she's, right, right. I, I matter of fact, she has more lines and probably more to do than Boba Fett does, yeah. and she's not getting any sort of attention. I'm like I'm like if anything, I would like to see a Captain Phasma movie over a Boba Fett movie. Because a Boba Fett movie, I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I'm just not, like, I never bought into the hype when it comes to Boba Fett. Like, I think it's just, I think he's a dumb character. Um, <laughs> and this is this is coming, I and will... this is coming from, look, this is coming from somebody who admittedly is not, like, a hardcore Star Wars fan. But I am just a person who, I'm just an outside observer. I've seen all the movies. I understand the lore. But I do not understand the appeal of boba fett and i don't i don't want to know i don't care like you can come up with any excuse you want to explain to me why boba fett is a great character i just don't care because i haven't seen anything that would impress me um and that's what i need to do that's what that's what they need to do they need to impress me he had the line Hmm. dad son we's here did that not win you over Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't even like Boba Fett proper. So don't give me that. I'll see a I'll, look. Hey, I'll see a movie about Django. Oh, I'll see a movie about Django Fett. Django Fett was no, cool. You want a good Django give me Fett that story, movie. You need to play the game Bounty Hunter for the, I think it was um, the Nintendo GameCube. Yeah, I'm not no, doing no, no. that. It was, a but really anyways. Good game. Uh, no, I, 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 that might be, but I, I'm, I'm not doing that because again, it would just, it would just kind of solidify the fact that Boba Fett is not an interesting character. But, but guys, 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 think about it. Django Fett Unchained. <laughs> ah, ah. He has no D in his name, Lindley. Don't play that. Don't play me. <laughs> You can't trick him. You can't trick me. He's got no D in his name. It was funny, and you know it. I will say, though, I think it's important also to say that this is not every fan. This this toxicity is not every fan. I am a Star Wars fan. I have been since I was a little girl. I know, I know people who are so passionate about Star Wars. So people who are not Star Wars fans who are looking from the outside, this is not every fan. These are just a bunch of dumb fanboys and fangirls with too much time on their hands. I mean, I mean, and any any franchise can fall into this. I mean, I feel like I feel like every franchise has this group, but the the problem is now is that the Star Wars fans are taking taking things to a a level that is just downright offensive towards you know a person's sex or a person's race. 
and it's just ridiculous at this point. Um, you know, it, it's 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 different than like a, a Marvel fanboy being like, like, oh, you don't know anything because you don't know the comics, you know. Um, but it's in the same it's in the same vein as when you know people got mad about Idris Elba playing Heimdall, and they're like, you know, like you can't be Norse and be black, and it's like, brother, brother, there are aliens in a comic book. He can be whatever he wants to be. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care. Plus, mm, did you really want anybody other than Idris Elba handling that part? Eh. Nah. Nah. He made me care in Infinity War when he dies. Um, and I and I can say that now because, again, it's past the statute of limitations. Um, it's been over. Yeah, you, you should have seen it by now. The, everyone's gonna see everyone's seeing Deadpool and Jurassic World you you can get in there no problem now um unless you're like Lindley and you have no money um <laughs> poor. uh but guys let's let's talk about this uh really quick um I, I know I always say that and then we we spend like x amount of minutes on a topic <laughs> but that's that's okay because we have so fun with it we have fun with it um so x-men X-Men Cinematic Universe, we have talked about it uh, countless times on the show. Uh, we have talked about how uh, the timelines are still messed up, even though technically they did get fixed in Days of Futures Past. Um, it's still it's still a little confusing. It's still a little muddy, and it feels like they have no clear direction on what they want to do. It's like they're just throwing out movies. Um, but... I read an article somewhere about how the X-Men Cinematic Universe has actually been building up to its own kind of Infinity War type event. And what I mean by that is if you've noticed in all of the films, especially in recent in recent years, um, you see it in Logan. I believe you also see it in uh, The Wolverine. I know you start to hear rumblings about it in, I think you kind of hear about it in Days of Futures Past or X-Men Apocalypse. Um, but you, you're, you're getting this, uh, you're getting teases to a corporation within the X-Men universe that is run by none other than Mr. Sinister. Um, who was an X-Men villain who is uh, who has been, uh, you know, requested by every X-Men fan, um, because if you are a fan, I mean, yes, you know, you can be a fan of the comic books. But for me, my X-Men fandom comes from the animated series on Fox Kids on Saturday mornings. Right. You know, I, I that's that's that was my introduction to the X Men, and so to see, to hear like Mister Sinister is getting built up to be like this almost Thanos level uh, opponent for the X Men, it makes me super excited, especially since um, the the blog that I read this uh, article in. They said that they they noticed it in particular with Deadpool two. Now I have not gotten a chance to see Deadpool two yet. Um, I know Lindley has seen it. She said she greatly enjoyed it. Most of my friends said that they greatly enjoyed it. Um, but 
they said like think about it every movie that we've seen recently with these mutants they're all being captured they're all being detained they're all being like enhanced in some way um well i will say to that in deadpool 2 mm -hmm. there there are captured mutants but they weren't being experimented on mm -hmm. they were just be, it was kind of it was a prison not a experimentation like it kind of like it was with the first Deadpool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But even in the first de but even in the first Deadpool, when like when Wade goes to uh, goes to that facility to get his get his cancer taken away, I mean they were they were doing experiments to trigger the X gene. Oh yeah. So and and that's what makes me think like oh okay yes they're being taken to this prison to be held, but at the same time. I think it's incredibly uh, clever of them to not explicitly say what is happening. You know, it's like you really have to pay attention to like these little details because in the, like I said, in the past couple of X-Men movies, um, they keep bringing up that mutants are just being snatched off the streets and being taken away. Um, and whether that is to quote unquote find a cure for for the X gene, um, or if it's just to really start to solid like solidly uh, weaponize them, I think that's I think it's cool. I think it's smart filmmaking on their part. I think that's something that the Marvel Cinematic Universe didn't have the luxury of doing. But I think it. I think that's that's a little feather in the X Men cinematic universe's cap because they don't really tell you. They don't let you know that like, hey, we're leading to something big because when it does finally hit, um, holy crap! It's I mean, it's going to be huge, especially looking back at the movies and then hearing like, hey, remember this moment? Like you should have looked at the details a little bit better because that would explain like all of this. Um, what do you guys think about that? Like, do you think it's a good idea that they're doing that? Or is it still just another mistake on Fox's part? Honestly, mm -hmm. I don't think this X-Men universe is that smart. Mm -hmm. I don't think they've thought this through like the MCU has. Mm -hmm. I, I, even now, I don't think they know what direction they're going in. So it's a cool idea. Mm -hmm. But I really don't think that's what we're preparing for. Hmm. What about you, Steven? Um, I'm going to have to agree with Lindley on that. Um, I don't think... Uh, I don't think... I don't think this Fox series is that smart. Um, I, I know I've said it a hundred times on this show uh, that I feel like the X-Men movies are... Uh, they're basically Frankenstein a Frankenstein series and that they started out with an original series, you know, and then they underwent the sort of prequel origin segment. And then they did the reboot and then they did a sort of hybrid reboot, remake, sequel. Even bringing up Deadpool 2, even it gets, it gets a little bit more confusing too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, I just, <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't feel like, like, yeah, maybe that's a, an angle someone has thought of doing. Um, 
but I just don't feel like no matter how good it was, I don't think it could save mm. uh, this franchise, really. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are good X-Men movies in there. Um, mm -hmm. But just as a whole, I mean, they're so inconsistent. Um, mm -hmm. Just and, 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 I, and I just I, I really, really just feel like the X-Men need to go into moratorium if uh, this uh, Disney merger goes through and then they own the X-Men, I would really hope that they halt X-Men for at least five years so we know that it's not just a, oh, we've got to make an X-Men movie or the rights revert to whoever. Um, um, I just, I just, I feel like they really need to get away from the Fox X-Men brand. You know, start over, mm -hmm. make it more like the cartoon show because that was my introduction to them. Uh, as well you know it's what a lot of people have wanted and have said from the beginning you know gambit and jubilee there were a lot of great x-men characters who have been screwed since day one um, you know it's, it's like even when you you think you're getting like oh we're gonna get uh you know a really good kitty pride story nope let's make it about wolverine <laughs> and it's uh -huh, like uh -huh. you know i love days of future past but i think that is one of its uh setbacks is that they decided to make it about Wolverine um, and um, you know I I feel like the Wolverine character he does work better in a movie like Logan uh, where it is just about him not necessarily the other X-Men so uh -huh. I don't know I feel like no matter how well they could pull that idea off if that was indeed where they were heading it, it still wouldn't really redeem the series for me I want it to die I want it to die, I want it to end, I want it to go to sleep for a while, and then Disney can bring it back, you know, one character at a time, and then they we can we can see these we can get to know them as characters before they join in forces and create the X Men or something. I don't know. Mm. I, <laughs> I mean, I I agree with you to a certain degree, but I I do have to I do have to disagree with you on a few points. There's no way that once Disney gets the rights to X-Men, there's no way they're going to wait a couple of years before bring, before breaking them out. Um, cause it, and, and there's no and, and to be honest, there's no reason for them to. Um, and I'll tell you why, because of Spider-Man Homecoming. They completely they completely proved like we can take a character that you guys have just seen and complete and put them right into our universe. Make him complete, yeah, and make him completely original, and never, never have to reference any of the other bad movies that he was in, um, and then also to give like such a fresh take on Spider-Man. I mean, making a Spider-Man movie modeled after a John Hughes film—that that that's clever. That's out of the box thinking. That's saying let's not make a typical superhero movie. Let's let's make it into this kind of teen coming of age story essentially um and it was so and it was it was so good i i might watch that tonight actually <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it um once i finish luke cage season two um but it's you know i i feel like they i feel like they can they can definitely do that and also i i, I don't know if i would want to see a universe without james mcavoy you know bay fassenbender um you know, I, I, I can do without Jennifer Lawrence because she's bored of the part anyway. But 
you know you you have some you have some actors in this franchise that are are really good and it would be just a shame to see them like recast when you already have the perfect replacements for these parts you know, find a way to get this get parts of this universe into the MCU you know i mean that's why that's why i keep saying like at the end of dark phoenix make it so that professor x wipes the world's memory of all mutants because if you think about it uh dark phoenix the dark phoenix movie that's going to take place before tony stark reveals that he's iron man and up until that point we don't really know that there are superheroes in our midst shield knows but nobody else knows and if the world's memory is wiped clean of you know, of mutants, because let's yeah. face it, if you have Iron Man and Iron Man is is an accepted enhanced being, if I can use a term from the MCU, he's an accepted enhanced being. Professor X would just be like, well, hey, we don't have to protect anybody anymore. Let's just let him protect the world. And then after Thanos does the snap, you know, and the the Avengers put the world back together. It would be really cool in a post credit scene to see McAvoy coming up and being like, all right, we've got to, you know, the world is ready to accept mutants, finally. They're ready to accept people with abilities. And then he uses, he goes into Cerebro and boom, we remember that the X-Men have been here this entire time. And it's not weird because we we know that Professor X has that ability. We know that he's that powerful. I don't know. I I I have faith in in X Men. Yeah. I I just it's like the it's like the DC universe. I just want them to be good. I want I want them to have a win. And even though more often than not they will not give me a win, but just like the DC universe, they'll have one movie, Logan. They'll make one movie that just warms my heart. For X Men, it's it's Logan. For DC, it's Wonder Woman. So, eh, who knows? But hey, let, let's let's back off the comic book talk for just a for just a hot minute, and let's talk about this Creed two trailer, guys. If you guys remember, in our March movie madness, Creed two. I was I was really banking on it getting to the finals. I just knew it was going to make it to the finals. And of uh, sorry, not Creed two, Creed one, getting to the finals. And of course, it did not. Lindley ended up winning the tournament with her picks. <sighs> Can't wait till next next March so we can figure out what Lindley's gonna make the topic of uh, our March movie madness. That is her winnings and her bragging rights for the year. But anyways, anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Creed two, you know we kept I kept hearing we kept hearing about it, and we know that Ryan Coogler is not involved in this project. Everybody else is except Ryan Coogler; he's not involved. And I have got to say, guys, I'm excited. I'm super excited for Creed two. I think it is okay. Actually, I'll say this: I'll start off. I'll start off with my negative. Cause I, cause I sing Creed's praises all the time. Uh, Creed two, I feel like it should be the third movie. I feel like it's how you end the Creed trilogy. 
And I'll tell you why, because if you haven't seen the trailer, go check it out right now. But in the trailer, it explicitly shows um, Adonis Creed, um, who is the illegitimate son um, of Apollo Creed. He is going to take on Ivan Drogo's son. Now, if you don't remember who Ivan Drogo is, Ivan Drogo is uh, the Soviet steroid pumping uh, badass from Mother Russia. Uh, who actually ends up killing Apollo Creed in the in the uh, in the ring, which causes Rocky to fight him and then defeat Russia and and communism. That's essentially what that that entry of Rocky is. Um, and and in Creed, you hear you hear rumblings about it. You definitely know that it's in the background. I mean, obviously, because it's such a big traumatic event mm-hmm. in everyone's lives in the in the Rocky universe. But now to kind of see it happening in this movie, as I was watching the trailer for it in Jurassic World, I all I kept thinking was, man, I can't wait for this movie. But at the same time, I wish this was Creed three. I wish that I could see Creed. I wish I could see Adonis becoming world champion first. And then after he's become world champion, I and and yeah, it, it does kind of follow. It would kind of follow Rocky mm. 1, 2 and 3, but once he becomes world champion to see him then, all right, you become world champion in this last movie. Now for your final movie, here's the test. Let's see what you learn, kid. Let's put you up against the son of the man who killed your dad. Ah, but I'm still excited for it. I I mean, plus you had Kendrick Lamar in the in the trailer music. I got real excited. I saw the man in concert. I can't help but get excited. So what did what did you guys think of the of the trailer? I thought it was because if you guys pretty energetic, and yeah, I'll make a full confession here. I've never actually seen any of the Rocky movies ever. Um, but I do know who Ivan Drago was. And mm, so I mm. thought it was kind of interesting, um, you know, as the trailer kind of builds up and builds up and then reveals, uh, the fighter, uh, with the jacket that says Drago on it. And I was like, Ooh, that's an interesting mm. twist because you know, I did know. I, I know. It's it's weird. It's like I've grown up around so many people who have seen Rocky, all of the movies, and they love them. That I know who Apollo Creed is. I know who Ivan Drago was. Clever Lang, um, Adrian. You know, it's 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 like I haven't seen the movies, but I kind of know the general story. Um, I mean, they're iconic. Yeah. You, I mean, you can't help but know who they are. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll probably red box it, but that's just because it's, you know, it's just not really my, not in my realm, I guess I should say. I was about to say, did you, did you end up, did you actually get a chance to see Creed? No, I still haven't. So I got a red box that one too. Creed, like I said, Creed is a very, it's a very, very good movie. And part of that I feel is Ryan Coogler's directing. And he was so passionate about that movie. I'm curious to see if Creed two will will be as good as Creed one, mm. because he's not involved. Um, but t- again, time will tell. Uh, Lindley, what about you? What did you What did you think of the trailer? I I thought it looked cool, but 
I basically have to repeat everything Stephen just said. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as not, you've ne- you've never seen the Rocky movies. I've never seen the Rocky movies. I knew like the significance of who he was fighting, though. Mm-hmm. I knew that who who played him. Who who was the actor? The movie's like I will break you. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph him. I knew the significance of his character um, to Creed's father, mm-hmm. to, to Apollo Creed. So I think that's the one thing about it mm-hmm. that kind of got me interested. I'm like, ooh, we're going to see that showdown? Other than that, it was just, it kind of seemed like the typical, oh, champs having a hard time staying on top story. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that shot of the rope was the one thing that kind of got me excited. I think, you know, and, and just to, I mean, I guess to further endorse Creed, cause I really feel like you guys should watch Creed before you go see Creed too, whether you see it in theaters or you red box it, uh, in Creed, I, my mom has never really seen the Rocky movies like all the way through. She's like, I fell asleep through them. Um, she did not fall, fall asleep through Creed and, I told her, I was like, you really don't have to know the Rocky movies in order to get Creed. I was like, if you know who who Apollo Creed is, if you know who Rocky is, if you know that Apollo Creed dies in the ring, you pretty much can get Creed. Um, Because those are the only things from like the previous movies that they explicitly talk about. Yeah, they talk about Adrian, they talk about Pauly, but it's more of like, you know, like a wink at the screen moment mm-hmm. um, as opposed to being like, oh, crap, like, I don't understand this reference. Let me go watch, you know, one through five or plus Rocky Balboa. Um, you really don't have to do that with Creed. Um, with Creed 2, it, it looks like he's still dealing with this un- unresolved issue where in the first movie, it's all about him finally accepting the fact that he is Apollo Creed's son. Mm. And he doesn't, because he, the whole movie, he's like, I don't want to, I don't, you know, he doesn't go by Apollo Creed. I'm sorry, Adonis Creed. He goes by Adonis Johnson. And he's like, I don't want people to treat me differently because of who my dad is until he's forced to reveal like, yeah, I'm Apollo Creed's illegitimate son. And then he has to, then he falls into the pressure of, I have to live up to that name. It's mm-hmm. it's less, it's actually, it's really cool because whereas in Rocky, I feel like it was more about the boxing. In Creed, it's less about the boxing and it's more about this guy who just doesn't know who he is really in this world. You know, he has this famous father and yet everybody talks about him all the time. He's got this best friend Everybody knows him and loves him and cares about him. And then he's like, I don't know him. You know, all I've known is like I've been in and out of foster homes my whole life. Um, And so I like the fact that this movie does seem a lot darker. It seems like he's kind of fallen to the trap of like, like, I'm the best. I'm the greatest. And here is this man who, you know, is he going to is he going to defeat Drago or, and like kind of redeem his father or is he going to get beaten because everybody 
the stakes are much higher because, again, this is the son of the man who killed your dad. He took no away he took away your opportunity to get to know this man. And he's the whole reason why you had so many issues in the first movie, or at least in Adonis's mind. Hmm. So I'll so like I said, I, that's why I'm curious. Plus, Michael B. Jordan. He's on fire right now after after Black Panther. I feel like he's a house. He was all to me. He was always a household name. But now everybody knows who Michael B. Jordan is. Because of Black Panther. So I feel like this is a... I feel like this movie is going to get a lot more attention. So I want... So I really want Creed 2 to do much better than Creed 1. Because, you know, literally the pressure is on both for Adonis and for Michael B. Jordan to perform well. So we will certainly see. We will certainly see. Audience... Uh, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to introduce you guys to a brand new podcast that maybe you've never heard before. Uh, and then when we come back, we will have our fan favorite segment. Go home, DC. You're drunk. Stay tuned. Coming to you live from a dimension where Rick and Morty podcasts are in fact a thing. Brandon and Travis bring you nine-weekly Ram content to wet your whistle and kick your listening pleasure into 12th gear. Check out Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast, everywhere podcasts are sold. Wubba lubba dub Hey everybody, it's me, Marcus, again. Before we get back to the show, I want to make one very quick announcement. Uh, this July, uh, July 27th through the 29th, I will be attending BlurredCon in Arlington, Virginia. This is an awesome convention. I cannot wait to visit. Uh, it's a whole con focusing on people of color and underrepresented populations and anime, comics, movies. I cannot wait. So, guys... Go to BlurredCon, and hopefully I'll see you guys there. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh! Go home, DC. You're drunk. Got Patron in my car. Uh, uh, I got that goose in my cup. Patron rolling up in the seat, got me drunk. Party people in the club. Hey, throw them bottles up. 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 Hey, throw them bottles So, guys, once again, DC is uh, a wee bit drunk. But you know what? As I was thinking about it, uh, I said originally at the beginning of the show, I said there was two out of three topics that prove that DC is still drunk. I'd like to reverse that. There's actually two out of three topics for me, for me, uh, that prove that DC might be sobering up slash might just be like a little tipsy. Like, I'm still not going to give it give DC its keys to go home. Um, but I'll let him sleep on the couch because, you know, I'm a good, I'm a good host. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about first these Aquaman pictures, um, that just came out. 
uh, an audience, if you haven't if you haven't gotten a chance to see the Aquaman pictures, I encourage you guys to look at them because uh, they are giving us our first sense on what the movie is going to look like. Um, we got a we got a little taste of it in um, in Justice League, but now we're finally getting a a, a chance to see what this uh, what this world is going to look like. And I have got to admit, I am a bit excited for this movie. I'm still excited. I'm not like, the pictures haven't done anything for me, per se. Um, but it does, but I know that I enjoyed Jason Momoa's performance in Justice League. Uh, he was definitely a standout for me. And to see these pictures, to see this world that looks very different from the rest of the dceu um aquaman might become my new favorite uh dc hero uh second to batman of course it, and it and i i i don't know like i just feel i just feel good about this movie and seeing the picture with james wan being like in the midst of everything kind of just puts me at ease because I love James Wan. Absolutely love that man. But I know, I know, like I said, it is only to me that these pictures put me at ease. What do my co-hosts think? What do you guys, what did you guys think of when you saw these pictures? I was, I was actually on board with an Aquaman movie, especially after Justice League when Aquaman was one of the better parts of the mm -hmm. movie. But I'm seeing these pictures, and they do not look good. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Lindley. Didn't you say that the Teen Titans, two of the three Teen Titans, looked great in their pictures before? I said Raven and Robin. Oh, and these... Not Starfire or what the guy with gangrenous hair and these and and this doesn't look better than those than that one i'm not comparing but you them. have to it's That's, all dc no, what no because listen the teen titans that's tv this is the dceu this is this is movie territory okay this is something completely different and on a different playing field you cannot hold me to comparing these, and I'm not going to. Oh, you can't do that. No, 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 no. Because people do that. People compare the Marvel TV shows to the Marvel movies all the time. Because they're connected. Yeah, but who's to say these DC aren't... TV is not connected to Technically, the they could be. Technically, they could be. The DCEU, like, very, very much embraces the fact that these are all multi multiverses. They've even come out and said the TV universes are within the same continuity as the DCEU movies. They're just in a different universe. I'm still, I'm still, we're not talking about Teen Titans, though. We're talking about Aquaman. I'm talking about both. I'm not talking about both. I'm talking just about Aquaman. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to understand, like, why, why you don't like, why you don't like these pictures. Because they look terrible. That shot of like the, it was like the sharks and 
like they were on seahorse. It is the CGI looked terrible. There's also a picture of like Nicole Kidman, like hugging like a small child. It looks so dumb. What? There's a picture of Nicole Kidman hugging like a boy, and it looks like the beginning of like a Disney Channel. No, 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 no. I'm I'm very much aware of the picture you're talking about, but I'm just saying, what? Patrick Wilson's hair looks dumb. It looks like he has a cowlick in the back. What? <laughs> Lindley. And this is coming from a person who was really excited about Aquaman. No, Lindley, I I have to stop you. I have to stop you because I have to disagree. These pictures are not that terrible. The DC Universe, the DCEU, D- Detective Comics Evil Universe, has come up with some horrendous pictures before. Horrendous. These look great. Well, I don't think so. Uh, Lindley. You can have your opinion. Let me have I mine. Just, I just don't want you to make the wrong opinion, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I've worked two jobs today. I don't need this in my life. (laughs) Steven, what do do you think before Lindley kills me? You know, I think Lindley said pretty much all. I mean... He looks, yeah, you can't just you can't just say that, Steve. You got to give me your your opinion. He looks like Cal Drogo underwater. That's because he <laughs> is Cal Drogo underwater. <laughs> like 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 yeah, he looks like Cal Drogo underwater because he is Cal Drogo underwater. He's got the tattoos and everything. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on this too. What? I don't think I'll even How can red box pa- this one. <laughs> Steven, you're not even going to see it until we force you to watch it anyway. Exactly. So, so it so that 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 opinion right there is is moot. But I'm saying though, this does not look half as bad as some of the things some of the pictures that we've seen before in the past. All right, Marcus, you really started to piss me off now. <laughs> I, look, I can piss y'all off. That's fine. But I, look, I'm not. I'm not gonna let my man's Jason Momoa here go out like this. Okay, this does not look terrible. It could look so so much worse. I think this looks cool. I I'm I'm very excited to see like what. What becomes and of you this? you know, Marcus, that's fine. Marcus, that's your I want opinion. you to look me in we the eye. We just want to make sure you have the right opinion. <laughs> oh, I have the right opinion. I ha- I know that I have the right opinion. Marcus, I-, I want you to look me in the eye. I want you to look me in the eye. I want you to look me in the eye and tell me that Patrick Wilson's hair looks good in this movie. I'm not looking at Patrick Wilson's hair, Lindley, Okay. He's got a cowlick. I'm not looking at Patrick Wilson's hair. His hair in Phantom of the Opera looked ten times I'm not better looking, than it does I'm not, in Lily, this. Lily, I'm not looking at his hair. He has a cowlick, and it's just if you me. if you are if you are too distracted by the cowlick, and you are not looking at my man's 
Jason Momoa or Amber Heard? Amber Heard, Lindley? Amber Heard? You admit he has a cowlick. What? <laughs> I don't even see the cowlick that you're talking about. I see a man bun. Definitely see a man bun. But a cowlick? I don't know about all that. It's not a man That looks like a man bun. bun. Okay? That picture of I didn't even know Nicole Kidman was yeah, in this. She looks so out of that's place. That's his mom. I know, but she looks so out yeah, of place. Yeah, because she's a goddess. Oh my gosh. Lindley. Oh my gosh. Lindley. Lindley. Ugh. You know what doesn't? You know what doesn't look dumb? You know what doesn't what? look dumb? I'm not answering. Steve, Steve Trevor in a fanny pack. I have no frame of reference for this. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that picture. Oh, oh, it's glorious. I see, I so, see Steve yeah. Trevor, but I don't see him in like a fanny pack. I see a fanny pack, oh, but I don't see Steve, Steve Trevor. Trevor. As as audience, as most of you know, not only did we get some pictures from Aquaman too, or oh, not Aquaman too, oh, just just Aquaman. Jeez, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> We also got pictures from Wonder Woman too, some officially released photos, and some also like behind the scenes photos that have started popping up. And there are pictures, ladies and gentlemen, of Steve Trevor of Chris Pine's return, and he has a fanny pack because this movie is set in 1984. Can I just say, I. I'm curious on how they bring Steve Trevor back. I'm sure there's some comic book lore that I'm missing, but I I think that it is wise on their part to bring back Chris Pine because even though even though it, Wonder Woman does not need the Steve Trevor character, um, I feel like I feel like they. That chemistry between Gal Gadot and uh, and Chris Pine was just so strong. I I loved it. Was it was a sweet relationship. Yeah, and I never felt like I never felt like one. It felt like a partnership more than anything else. Yes, this is yes, this is Wonder Woman's movie, and yes, there's definitely plenty of times where she is she is the clear focus. But I also felt like, especially at the end of Wonder Woman, I just really felt like, I was like, man, I just really want um, Steve Trevor to to survive. I want him to live. I want, I want to see where this relationship goes next uh, between these two. Um, and so getting a chance to see him in, in this film uh, alongside her for, you know, whether he remembers about his past self or maybe he doesn't. I, I, again, I do not know, but I was excited when I saw Chris Pine back because I feel like if anything, it just, it just makes the Wonder Woman character, you know, that much better. Cause she has someone, mm -hmm. she has a scene partner that she can really, really play with. Um, and, and it's just make the movie better, you know? I love it. I'm excited. And I like the, I just like the aesthetic of where it's being placed. Mm -hmm. 
although I do wish I do wish it could be in in the present. I was gonna say because is this really... 1984? Yep, it's called the movie's okay. called Wonder Woman um, 1984. Yeah, I do have a problem with that. Um, mm -hmm. because everything Why? is being set in the 80s. Glow, Stranger Things. That's all I can think of. But so do you think? <laughs> um, I just I don't know. I, I just <laughs> feel like. But so many things are set in the 80s, but, you know, those two things <laughs> those in particular, two those two very, very, very clear, strong franchises. Yeah. Here's my thing. The One of the main photos that got released by DC and by Patty Jenkins is this photo of Diana Prince looking at a bunch of screens. One of which I think hilarious is, is J.R. from... The, the who shot Jr. Anyways, so with all these screens, it's making me wonder if this title isn't a double meaning. Oh, like Big Brother nineteen eighty four. Because maybe Ooh. exactly the whole Big Brother is watching, watching. you. So, I don't know. It's making me wonder that there might be more meaning to this title than just when it's getting set. I am going to bring back an argument that was made earlier in the show with the X-Men. Is Do you think that Detective Comics' evil universe is smart enough to come up with something like that? Patty Jenkins might. Yeah, yeah, but Patty Jenkins still has to answer to DC execs who have single-handedly destroyed the cinematic universe before it even got off the ground. Hmm. Maybe letting her have free range was the only way to get her back for a sequel. Uh, I mean, I I feel like if you're gonna say if you're gonna say it for one with the X Men, you you gotta use it for you gotta use that same argument with another cinematic universe. Now I do now I do think that they they probably are letting her have free reign but at the end of the day don't forget these are the same people who took Zack Snyder's Batman vs Superman chopped it up to bits and then gave us a pile of crap whereas when you look at Batman vs Superman the original cut the ultimate edition it makes a lot more sense and it's actually a much stronger movie So we know, we know that they will have, if they don't, if they see something that might be a little too over the audience's heads, they will take it out. Regardless of whether or not it's a good idea or not to take it out. Mm-hmm. Well. Now, I'm not saying that, now, I'm not saying that that idea is, is bad. I think that's a great idea. I think that adds another layer that the DCEU is missing. But I also think, too... The DC execs, or like, sorry, Warner Brothers execs, they do not understand how to make a good comic book movie. They just see dollars. That's all they see. They don't care about the story. That's true. They care about competing with Disney. When Disney is not caring, is is clearly not uh, caring about money, because otherwise, why would you risk making a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, a Ant-Man movie? Why would you do those two movies? 
I think DC needs to take more risk. So if that's if that is if that is why those screens are there, I say go for it. Give me give me this movie. Un, give me Patty Jenkins' uh, vision for this movie. If that's if that's the route she's going, because if you try to if you try to cut and paste and do whatever you want to normally do with these movies, it's it's you're gonna ruin the one good thing that you have in your universe. So I now now I'm nervous <laughs> because you told me a very cool idea and yet I we've seen DC do it before. We've seen them do it before where they've taken good ideas and they're like, mm, let's just put this as a bonus feature and charge sixty dollars for it. We'll we'll save that subplot hmm. for the extended cut. Right when it's like no 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 it's not a it's it's not a subplot it's it's the movie. <laughs> we need to know why Papa Kent is on the mountain. I thought that was just to pad out the time, the running time. Nope. Yep. Nope. That was a that was a big emotional arc for Superman that we completely ignored. Why? Because we cut it to hell. <laughs> but you know what though? You know what though? Flashback we can kind of think to ourselves that maybe maybe DC is learning because if Wonder Woman being set in 84 is a sign uh Batman is apparently going to be an earlier uh I guess story for him not a year one story but early in his career year two uh because news reports News reports have come out that uh, Batman is actually going to be played by a younger Bruce Wayne. This is just a mess. It is. It is a mess. It it, it very much is a mess, Lindley. It really is. Because because and that's what makes and that's what made me concerned about Wonder Woman eighty four is because okay you're setting this before the present which is weird like can you give me wonder woman in the in the present because let's not forget this remember wonder woman wasn't wonder woman like from world war Two to the events of batman versus superman remember no one had ever heard of her no one had ever heard of her she didn't do anything because she was complacent well, not complacent, but she had basically given up on humanity. That was the whole point of Wonder Woman. And now you're telling me that, no, she actually did do something in 1984? Come on now. What sense does that make? Same thing with making a younger Batman. What sense does that make? Unless you're going to give me Batman in a Lazarus pit and make him younger. You know another movie that focused on a Batman who was fairly early in his career? The Dark Knight. I mean, it's more grounded, but yeah. <laughs> grounded. Well, it is. I mean, I mean, I, I, you can't compare. I mean, I, you really can't compare this incarnation of Batman to the Dark Knight's Batman because the Dark Knight, Batman, he's more grounded. He's not doing half the things that Ben Affleck's Batman can do. 
He's not dealing with the same things. Yeah. Those movies had good writing. They did have yeah, good writing. They man, they were very sh- if he had to deal with good writing. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, Stephen, I mean, if you're if you're going to I mean, if you're going to do that, I mean, then why wouldn't you make Batman the same age as the rest of the Justice League? Yeah. Cuz he's older than everybody. He he's like he's like Papa Kent only mm-hmm. not and mm-hmm. he's on a mountain. It's like technically Wonder Woman, I'm pretty I'm sure Aquaman, like yeah, they're older. I mean, and they're much older than you know Bruce Wayne is. But they don't have the same limitations as him. They've got the wisdom, but they're not like they're not slower. They're probably at their peak strength. Whereas Batman is struggling to fight parademons for crying out loud like whose batman is that not my batman not my batman my batman can take on my batman literally dodges omega beams from dark side and if he don't that's bs i'm calling bs on it right now So, but what do you guys think about uh, Batman being played as as someone younger? Is that a good route? I mean, it's it's obviously an earlier story in his career. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with what I said for X-Men. They hmm. screwed the pooch from the get-go. They really mm-hmm. need to yeah. just not do this incarnation of the DC. Keep Wonder Woman, because she actually works. Um, but everything else, get rid of it. Suicide Squad sucks. This mm. Superman sucks. Okay. He has no character. There is nothing interesting about him. Like, at all. Um, Not Henry Cavill, just the what Superman yes. has been written as. And, you know... Well, the Superman that we got in Justice League, that should have been the Superman we got from the beginning. But it wasn't. It wasn't, and 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 I mean, and that's and that's the point that that you know, I'm not putting words in your mouth, Stephen, though I kind of am. That's the point that Stephen's trying to make is that you screwed the pooch on Superman, the easiest character to write for in the very first movie. Mm-hmm. And give me truth, justice, the American way. Call it a night. But see, because that was the first one, that's the foundation they built on, and no matter how good. You make the rest of your movies, you're always going to have to live with the fact that we started out on the way wrong foot. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be a story that's very engaging um, from the get-go, no matter how you mm-hmm. how well you make the rest of your stuff. That's why I like Wonder Woman. It's so good, and yet it doesn't tie in to any other real plot thread, at least. Uh Nothing overly so, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. But, so, you know, I mean, if you're going to start Batman over as young, don't just start him as a younger version of uh, the Ben Affleck Batman. Start him over completely. We, I, we, I'm not yeah. saying we necessarily need to see the whole, um, you know, Joe Chill kills his parents 
again. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe go ahead and do a year one that's a little bit closer uh, to year one. Because there's a lot of great material from year one that they still mm-hmm. haven't used. Um, mm-hmm. Gordon has a lot of high stakes in year one that I don't think anyone has uh, fully explored. Um, you know, there's a lot of great stuff in there. And I just, I don't know, I just feel like, just start over with Batman, start over with Superman. I guess we still have a shot with, what's his name, Call Drogo under the water. Um, but uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, just start over. Well, that is actually something that I read on, uh, I was reading on Screen Rant before we got started. Um, that's actually something that they are considering is, uh, possibly rebooting the universe after, uh, or depending on, you know, this next slate of movies that come out. What was this on? Uh, Screen Rant. Hi, Casey. Hey, Casey. Casey! (laughs) Um, I... I, and, and look, when we've talked about this before, um, they have a they have their silver bullet for this universe. They have the Flashpoint movie. They can start over. They really can. But again, you have to be really careful when you reset a universe using a plot device that is built in sort of like with days of futures past, right? Mm -hmm. Days of futures past did fix a lot, but I mean, as you guys said earlier in the show, there are still mistakes. There are still things that are confusing that they, that they're not explicitly explaining. And with something like the DCEU, you're kind of in the same boat. Whereas if you, if you dig into the flashpoint, Especially when it's your first Flash movie, you got to be careful. You really got to be careful. But you know what, though? You know we've said that many times on the show before. Let us hop off this crazy train known as DC Comics, and let's talk about something fun slash made me scared a couple of times i'm not gonna lie (laughs) let's talk about jurassic park sorry excuse me jurassic park i wrote down jurassic park because i love that movie so much jurassic world fallen kingdom audience it's main event time it's main event time so jurassic park Sorry, I keep saying Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Uh, like I said, we're going to give you guys a, a spoiler-free review first before we start digging into to some spoiler territory. My first initial thought, I really enjoyed it. Right. I, I, think, I think I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And, and I'll tell you why. First off, it's nothing like Lost World. If anything, you get, and I told Steven this, thematically, there are some things that remind you of Lost World. 
Definitely. Oh, yeah. But. That was my biggest concern about it. It is not. But, I mean, it is so. It's it's what you would expect from, like, if they if they did Lost World, this this should have been Jurassic Park 3. Thank you. That is exactly what I was going to This would have made sense. Yeah, this would have made sense for Jurassic Jurassic Park Park 3. Needed to be. Yeah, because I I sat there and I was like, this is the logical next step for this universe that you've created. Helen. Especially since you've brought dinosaurs to the mainland. Um, And I can say that because that's not spoilers. That's you see that in the trailer. trailer. Um, Yeah. Uh, The the thing that I am shocked about, and again not not giving too much away um the thing that i'm shocked about is that the island scenes not as long as i thought they were going to be they are not on that island long i was so excited um i was a little confused and i i would love to talk about this further because steven I, I i know you probably know this answer i was uh i was a little confused about site b yeah and what became of Site B, um, because they never make mention of it, which is, to me, interesting, because why wouldn't you mention Site B? Um, well, but we'll, get, we'll, 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 we'll talk we'll about it. Talk we'll, about talk, it. we'll talk for Because I do have... Yeah, yeah, I, I was about to say, okay. Um, but, I mean, outside of that, everything else I felt like fit the world of, the, of this movie. It definitely feels like Act 2 of the trilogy. Yes. Um, in the you best definitely way like, yeah, yeah, and and I mean I know like sometimes you you watch a movie and you know it's like uh, uh what's a what's a good example? Um, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strike, yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Like you know they're setting up for the big finale, the big finish. Mm. Um, you get you get that in this movie. You definitely get like this is leading to a big showdown between like here's what happens to the world when you finally introduce all these dinosaurs to the mainland um but uh, again to to be quite honest i was not thrown thrown off by that if anything it made me excited and scared yeah dude this 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 movie i think does a great job and and i've mentioned this on the show before you know how much i enjoy alfred hitchcock movies now um, it reminded me of a Hitchcock film a lot of times. Oh yeah. Wow. That suspense and that feeling of dread, like you you're just watching this movie and you're like you're like, no, like what what is gonna happen next? Um I again I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too much deeper because I feel like I'm gonna get into spoiler territory. Um plus I know th- <laughs> I know Lindley is tired. Um but I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you have not gone to see Jurassic World, uh, I said it right this time. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Go see it. It's amazing. Steven, give us your thoughts, man. Um, so I'll start with my one big complaint, and it's not really the movie itself. It's the trailers. The trailers for this movie did not do it any justice. Um, no. I mean, yeah, they show you a lot of the money shots, but... One thing the trailers did not capture was, like you said, there are some genuinely suspenseful moments in this movie. I have not felt this Mm -hmm. emotionally invested 
in a Jurassic Park movie since I was a little four-year-old watching the first one. Like, mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, that's one thing those trailers did not capture. It's It gets pretty emotional at times. Um, mm-hmm. It gets pretty scary. But it, that's not to say that it also relents on the fun. There is a lot of fun in it, too. It's a, it's it's like, mm-hmm. you know, when people say, oh, it's going to be the dark middle chapter. Yes, it kind of is, but it's not like broodingly dark. It's it's dark in all the right ways. And I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, yeah, it's not a spoiler to say that the dinosaurs make it to the mainland because <laughs> thank you, trailers, for giving that away. Um, right. But, um, it, it really speaks to the sort of existential fears that were raised in the original Michael Crichton novel, which, you know, if, you know, most people, you know, when they think Jurassic Park, they think of the movies. But the novel that the first one was based on, it was more or less straight up a horror book because um, there's a lot of scary things that happen in that. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just about genetic power being unleashed, but sort of the. Uh, existential implications of that and this film I feel really explores that really well um, mm-hmm. and um, I I love this movie so much I would say this is easily the best of the sequels hands down um, I would say I really enjoyed it I think a lot more than I was expecting to as well because I was a little worried because I was seeing all these negative reviews about it but I'm yeah. glad I just kind of was like, you know what? This is this is what we need. And and you know, honestly in preparation for this, um I went back and watched all four of the Jurassic movies. Um and I realized something mm-hmm. that I think bothers me the most about Jurassic Park 3 other than the mm-hmm. dinosaur in the dream going, "Alan." Um <laughs> Alan. <laughs> it's it's that Jurassic Park and The Lost World, they both set up an overarching narrative about, you know, the dangerous implications of having these creatures in existence. You know, people complain about The Lost World kind of being kind of short on the whole, you know, the wonders of dinosaurs. Uh, But I think that's important because, you know, that's more in line with the novels. Yes, they're marvelous creatures, Uh but, you know there's a serious existential problem waiting to happen now as the result of creating them. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the lost world set that storyline up perfectly with the ending. When the T-Rex breaks loose in San Diego, it's like, Oh my gosh, they've opened up the doors for a real disaster to happen. And that's what in Mm -hmm. 1997, I was saying to myself, this is what Jurassic park three is going to be about. And then Jurassic Park 3 came out and it was just, oh, we're stuck on an island and it's not even that interesting. And it's like, it was like a huge step back. So, you know, Uh I felt like Jurassic World, you know, had to take some precautions to kind of uh, make this story work. Because I think if they had just went ahead and did this film first instead of Jurassic World. I don't think it would have worked as well. I do feel like they needed to kind of back, uh, you know, and set it up. But honestly, I feel like if this is what Jurassic Park 3 had been, 
it would have been one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Um, like, oh, yeah. This was just really, and I'm not fanboying out here. It was really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. Really good. That's a that's a huge compliment coming from you, Stephen, I Thank think. You. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree. I might yes, you should. Now. So I was gonna, cause I was gonna wait, but uh, no, don't oh. like. In all honesty, do not wait to see this movie. It is if you are a fan of Jurassic Park, you're gonna like this movie. You're re- you're really really gonna like it because I I actually got upset during the movie, and on a completely unrelated note, I got upset because people brought their kids to this movie. <laughs> And they were like, and the kids were like talking and like crying and doing like all this other stuff. And like, I get it. It's summertime. And yeah, I saw a matinee. So I should have known what I was getting myself into. But at the same time, leave your kids at home. Okay. This is, this is Jurassic World. All right. People will die. And people do die. A lot of people die in some very gruesome ways. And this movie is, this movie is Terrifying. Okay, I'm not going to spoil anything, but let's just say that the moment, um, and I think everyone knows by now that the big baddie is the Indoraptor. Um, let's just mm-hmm. say that the moment that thing kicks into high gear is like, oh crap, shit just. Oh man. <laughs> when? No, no. I'm sorry. We 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 have to we have to we have to pause. We have to pause a little bit. Um, audience. We have reached the end of our spoiler-free review of Jurassic World. So, here's what I'm going to recommend to you. Pause us on whatever device you're listening to us on, whether it's your computer, your phone, whatever. If you're listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever. I want you to pause us. Go see the movie and then come right back because we're going to spend a few more minutes and we're going to talk a little bit about the spoilers of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. You have five seconds to comply. Five, four, three, two, one. Audience, so Lindley actually left before we started talking about spoilers. Uh, you guys didn't hear the conversation. We, uh, I edited it out. Um, but she actually left because she did not want the movie spoiled for her because she hasn't seen the movie yet. Um, but in a shocking twist of fate, Stephen has seen this movie. And Stephen is going to close out the show with me. Um, so, man. All right, One Stephen. Hell of a movie. Let's. Dude, let's dig into this movie because I feel like a lot, a lot happened. Yes. A lot was happening, and I feel like they set up a lot for the third movie where, I mean, all hell will break loose. Yeah. It almost it feels, feels like. like did you ever in this one? <laughs> I mean, it did. It, it definitely did. But you know what it made me, you know what it reminds what? me of? The plan, the newest Planet of the Apes trilogy. Yes, it does. Because because it it everything just escalates in each movie, mm-hmm. right? And now in in this movie, it definitely feels like 
this is the this is this is the second one. This is what is it? Um, it's Rise. Uh, I think it's I Rise. I don't remember. I can't. I can't Gone. remember. It, it's something that doesn't make Gone. sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it is, yeah, I think it is Dawn. And so, like, this definitely feels like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. This feels like the, you know, like, okay, the war is about to happen now. Yeah. Like, how do we deal with, how do we deal with the fact that dinosaurs are now roaming the mainland? And there are a lot of them. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of them, and not all of them are carnivores. <laughs> you know, that's 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 the messed up part. Um, you know, I did have one complaint, though, about mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, I did not like the fact that at the beginning of the movie, they're like, we should let the, an- we should let the dinosaurs live. Oh, the dinosaur protection I g- group? Yeah, like I I get what they were going for, especially at the end of the movie when it's revealed that the little girl is is a yeah. clone. Which can I just say I thought that was gonna be what's her name's daughter, the the girl from the first movie. Oh oh um, that's a oh I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was gonna be her daughter, but when I but then but then halfway it's like. My initial thought was, I'm like, it's either going to be the girl, she's either going to be the daughter of the girl from the first movie, or she is going to be a clone of her mother. Yeah, yeah, I figured out the clone part. Um, Mm -hmm. Because they kept hinting around about the mother and not really revealing anything about her. And then when you see the picture, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, it just like, like, it's like. Because they've always kind of handled the whole genetic cloning from a safe distance without ever really raising any of the dark existential questions like, well, where do we draw the line? Can't we just clone ourselves? And it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. once they've gone there, it's like, like that is like the best way to illustrate the ethical uh, dilemma of genetic cloning. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, and, and, you know, about that ending, um, since this is the spoiler section, I am I thought that was one of the best moments. Like, I thought it was going to be, you know, just one more stupid kind of uh, moment where someone trying to do the right thing ends up causing more damage than anything else. And mm-hmm. it didn't. It felt like they had primed all of their characters up to that moment where you think Claire's going to do it. And I'm so glad that it wasn't Claire who pushed the button to release all the dinosaurs, because I feel like I am too. I feel like it made sense for her to want to. It made sense for her to struggle with it, but it made more sense mm-hmm. for her to decide not to. And I think that says mm-hmm. so much about her character. And not only that, yeah, it made the most sense to have the little girl do it because she was a clone. She empathized yeah. with the dinosaurs. So it's like it couldn't have been anyone else to push that button. But don't you also feel like, I mean, that little girl, she she was making that decision based on herself. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get it, you know, like if it's ever revealed that she is a clone, that's a question on whether or not you should let her live. But that's also a human being. These are, 
you know, for the most part, some of these animals are dangerous. You know what I mean? Like, do we really want to keep a T-Rex roaming the roaming the lands? <laughs> like, that is not something that I feel like should be allowed, you know? And, 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 and yeah, like, you can't pick and choose or whatever. But at the same time, I feel like you can when it's not a human being, when it's an mm-hmm. animal. And... Ah, I don't know, man. Like it, 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 that ending really made me, really made me think. But I did love that they they uh, bookended the uh, the movie with Ian Malcolm. Yes. I thought that was really good. And, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that he is kind of like at the end, he never really changes his opinion. He's like, well, we're now now we're gonna have to deal with this. Way to go, assholes! <laughs> That's pretty much his attitude. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, and 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 it makes sense from him. Yeah, well, because because you know his character of Ian was based on uh, Michael Crichton. Uh, when Michael Crichton wrote the book, he said that uh, I think he said that uh, Ian Malcolm was basically his sort of uh, voice and opinion personified in the story um and so you know you go back and watch all the movies he's always had the uh, pessimistic outlook on these dinosaurs um from Mm -hmm. film one his opinions have not changed um so it made sense you know for him to say at the beginning we should let the dinosaurs die um and everyone got Mm -hmm. all shocked by that um but yeah he um it felt the most appropriate for him to kind of be there. Um, and like, if you go back and look at the first film, there's that scene where they're all having lunch and they're all talking about, you know, the ethical implications and the dangers. Um, it's basically, we're no longer seeing people just talk about it. We're seeing those actual dangers, um, become a reality. And, you know, a lot of people Mm -hmm. are saying like this movie is, you know, one action, one bizarre action scene after another. But I think that's the main theme of the whole story is chaos. Um, it's supposed to be chaotic because they tampered with the laws of nature and now they're paying the price for it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it just like this is where the story needed to go um, after mm-hmm. Jurassic Park 2 uh, with Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think. One thing that really does help this movie along is the directing hmm. from Jay Boyana. Um, he's just, this is some of the best cinematography in the entire series. Like, just mm-hmm. all the creepy angles and the shadows, it all really lends itself to the suspense. Especially when we get to the yeah. stuff with the Indoraptor. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap. <laughs> like, I really was not Dude, thinking th- it was going to be that exciting of a dinosaur or a mutant dinosaur but oh my god that thing yeah freaked me out dude that endoraptor i i i was like this this will give me nightmares yes. the the indominus the indominus i was like i was never really afraid of the indominus i felt like i'm like okay this is the t-rex of this movie i thought he had some cool attributes i liked uh I, the yeah. scariest part for me there were two of them was when it was revealed that he could camouflage and that he was part raptor. Mm-hmm. Those were those yes. were the moments that were like, oh crap, <laughs> they're screwed. 
mm-hmm. the Indoraptor, like literally, um, it was an enhanced yes. raptor. It, yeah, and and I and I feel like that's what to me that's what made him scary yeah. was because we've seen. I mean, and I had a and a, and I remembered this early on in the movie because I was like, wait. Why is Blue the only raptor? And then I thought to myself, I was like, oh, that's right. Because in Jurassic World, they only made four raptors. Well, like, was it they five only raptors? Had four, and all, and the other three died. Mm hmm. So, because they were like, they're like, they're too dangerous. Like, they did not want raptors yeah. in Jurassic World. And I, and I was like, okay, like, this is, I'm like, that's right. And if you remember that little fact, when you hear about the Endoraptor, this is the this is the beast that they were like, we're not making any more of these because they cannot be controlled. They are too dangerous. Like, okay, literally, I will admit there was a bit of a logic gap in <laughs> when the moron who likes to collect dinosaur teeth, I guess, he decides like, oh my like, gosh, what are you doing, dude? Okay, you deserve to get eaten. But when bro when the indoraptor finally chomps down on him it's like oh my god shit just got real because you see Mm -hmm. not only how conniving the creature really is but i honestly hadn't felt that like scared of one of these uh, carnivores since the kitchen scene in the first jurassic park yes like like, oh my gosh steven i i was thinking of the kitchen scene like when he lifts them up in the air, it's like, oh my god, this is like, that is what, <laughs> it's like, that thing puts those raptors to shame, and he does it with such elegant mm-hmm. grace, too. This is like, oh my gosh, this just got mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and speaking of Blue, I like Blue. Blue had such a great story in this one. Blue... I, I did like Blue. I'm I'm afraid that Blue is going to become the bumblebee of this universe. I, I can I can see. That. I appreciate, but but you know what though? You know what makes me think that Blue won't become the bumblebee of this universe? The fact that Blue did not go with Owen. I agree, and also there's a scene in uh, the hmm. Jurassic Park novel where Henry Wu gets eaten by Velociraptors. I almost mm. think they're going to build up to a showdown between him and Blue. That's just my theory at this point. I I I mean I think I think you're right. I think that I'm I'm amazed that Henry Wu is I mean I, I love I, that they brought his him character His character is so interesting. Is. You is. know? Cuz it's like he's He's so enamored with what he can do, but he kind of turns mm-hmm. a blind eye to the horrors it creates. Um, but you never really get the sense that he's like a evil person so much as because you know because you see the scenes with him fighting with uh, the at, like at the auction scene where he's saying like you cannot mm-hmm. sell this it's too dangerous. It's like yeah, you know it's. <laughs> Um, yeah, they've done really, they've made him a really interesting character. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, okay, we gotta talk about that island scene when they're leaving. And they see the, uh, Brachiosaurus. Oh, that, 
Oh my gosh, that that image was heart wrenching. It, it was like, what are you doing, Jurassic Park? <laughs> mhm. It was it was like it was a it was because if you remember, that's the first dinosaur we saw. Yes. You know, those of us who watched who have who've been watching this movie since the very beginning. You know, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure me and my dad went like opening weekend to see to see it die. I thought that was a very wise choice. It was the perfect visual analogy for the mm-hmm. island is gone. We're never coming back. Yeah. Oh, explain to me Site B. Okay. You said yes. you said that you could explain why Site B yes. is not mentioned. If you paid attention, one guy, uh, I think it was um, Eli Mills, the Rafe Spall character, mm-hmm. he does mention, he says Sorna. So it does exist. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go back and kind of look at uh, the other films. Remember, Site B was restricted by the Costa Rican government. So nobody goes there. Um, mm-hmm. When Jurassic World first came out, it was misreported that uh, Jurassic World was going to be a sequel to Jurassic Park. Um, and people took that to mean that, oh, so the other two movies, Lost World, didn't happen. That's not true. I remember he that, yeah. He clarified. He said it's not that they didn't happen. It's just that if those two movies were focusing on that island, Jurassic World is focusing back on the first one. So Sorna is still mm-hmm. there. But it's, you know, I mean, you know, it's dangerous, it's wild, and people are restricted from going on to it. So, mm-hmm. it's sort of like it's there, but it's not a part of the equation. It's um, it's just the Nublar dinosaurs. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know, Sorna may still come up as a plot point in uh, the next one, which would be interesting. Um I am glad that uh, he referenced it <laughs> because I feel like um, if he didn't, it would get kind of like uh, it would become kind of weird. Like, um, okay, why, why are we just pretending like that island doesn't exist? But yeah, it's, it's right. just I think it's supposed to be that it's not part of the equation, really. Um, mm-hmm. They there's been a lot of um, like. Uh, what do you call that stuff? Viral marketing, um, where like Bryce Dallas Howard releases the Dinosaur Protection Group um, website mm-hmm. to try and I remember that. And yeah, like okay, it's for the hardcore nerds such as myself who like to just you know, mm-hmm. spend their time reading this. But what you okay, you should give it a check because it not only explains a lot of like sort of plot holes in some of the early movies, it actually makes Jurassic park three relevant. It goes into detail of how Uh like the uh, Spinosaurus was basically Uh sort of like one of the first illegal genetic uh, creations that happened in between Jurassic park two and three. So it's like, Uh there's this whole mythos of really, awesome stuff that's like holy crap they should make a movie out of that um yeah like yeah. It's, it's really good and um a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that kind of uh gives sort of the backstory to what led to jurassic world what led to this film and um so to kind of summarize it basically engine is the corporate devil and <laughs> um they're very nefarious so, mm-hmm. yeah, 
but um i just i just really really like this one um i feel yeah. like the action scenes were they didn't feel okay we'll put it this way they didn't feel like oh the movie's starting to lag let's throw in an action scene here it felt like they were driven by the stakes and mm-hmm. i really liked that I I was never bored no. in this movie. I was never bored in this movie. I was I was emotionally invested the entire time. I mean, like you said, I honestly felt like crying a couple of times. Yeah. Like those scenes when in Act Two, when you have like the explanation of here's what Owen did. Here's why his research was so important because you hear about his research in Jurassic World, but you're like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you didn't you don't realize just like how important like blue is. Like why is blue yes, different? It, like, it made blue so much more emotionally resonant. And like I like how mm-hmm. we got to see it his research, but it was framed in such a way that it made it more emotional. And like you felt like mm-hmm. a good connection. Um and uh Okay. Okay, I, I, I also want to talk about the opening scene. That was one heck of a way to start the movie off. Um, when they're um, trying to, I'm trying to remember the, I'm trying to remember the opening scene. They're underwater <laughs> and they're trying to get the Indominus Rex gene. Oh, oh that my was gosh! So yes, like it perfectly sets the tone. <laughs> I well, first off, I sat there and I was like, "Why the hell do people keep coming to this <laughs> island?" Like, I get it. I get it. It's Costa Rica. There's there's hurricanes, but why the hell do people keep coming to this island when it's raining? <laughs> and at night, no less. Like, stop coming when it's like pitch black and there's a hurricane. Like, just go there when the weather is nice, like in Jurassic yes. World. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like everything still went to hell. But I always feel like in these movies, there's always a storm. And I'm like, just leave. Like, just be like, you know what, guys? We're not going to go. Because every time there's a storm, people die. Probably me. Probably me. Guy giving orders. <laughs> it's probably going to be me. <laughs> but I, um, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You know, just to see... Just, just to, just to see, like, okay, like, to establish how they were gonna get to, you know, this this point where they're making genetically modified dinosaurs. Did you okay? Did you catch? Um, not to get political here, but did you catch the Donald Trump references? Probably so. I just can't remember so it offhand. So the one I think most people are noticing mm. is when, like, uh, I forget her name, Zia. She starts bossing people around. So one of the bad guys mm. goes, he calls her a nasty woman. Oh, you're a nasty woman. That's <laughs> yes. the one people are realizing. But um, go back and watch the beginning when it's, like, playing the newsreel, mm. catching people up on what's happened. Read the mm. ticker at the bottom. It is the greatest jab at the president without actually naming him. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it says the usual ticker stuff like NASA predicts faster warming than usual uh, dinosaur, blah, blah, blah. One of the ticker items says 
the U.S. president doubts the existence of dinosaurs at all. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> I was the only one in the theater who caught it, but I started giggling like a little kid. I was just like, yeah. oh, this movie's amazing. <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Great movie. Well, Stephen... Stephen, we we are going to have to to call it here. We are reaching a two-hour mark. Uh, Audience, if you have enjoyed listening to this, hopefully you came back after watching Jurassic World. Um, And if you stayed all the way through, hopefully you guys have enjoyed the conversation and and hopefully are are even more intrigued in seeing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, But it is currently 116 i'm very tired i know steven's probably tired we're both probably still gonna stay up late because we don't have work tomorrow (laughs) hey um but audience if you would like to continue the conversation with either of us as well as lindley uh steven where can the folks at home reach you folks at home you can head on over to youtube and you can check out uh one channel is called steven's workshop uh, and that showcases a lot of my earlier works, not quite up to snuff, if you ask me. But, hey, you know, they might give you a chuckle. Or you can head over to my uh, more professional channel, Bailey's Film Workshop, which has some of my uh, better efforts. Uh, you can also, of course, follow me on Twitter, at his workshop. Um, and uh, if you can find me anywhere else online, please let me know, because it's probably not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks at home, if you would like to reach Lindley, uh, Lindley's not here to speak for herself, but uh, here's a little audio clip of Lindley from the past, and uh, she's going to tell you where you can reach her. Well, folks at home, like I said, you can find me on the Stardust app at Little Lottie. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-L-O-T-T-I-E. I'm pretty sure I spelled that right. I hope I did, or else I look like an idiot. Um... Again, don't forget to comment or tag me to um, what to see what you want me to review on the Stardust app. Hashtag Lindley Likes. Um, so yeah, find me there, and you can also find me on Instagram. Same name, Little Lottie. And of course, folks at home, you can always reach me on my Twitter at Mark M A R C underscore Leroy L A R O Y. Uh, you can also reach me on our uh, Facebook page, Popcorn Prattle, uh, and as well as our uh, Twitter handle at Popcorn Prattle. That's P O P C R O N underscore Prattle P R A T T L E. Would love to talk with you guys about movies and such and of course if you're talking to me on my uh personal uh twitter account uh hit me up because i'm i am working out a lot this summer and uh would love to uh swap tips with you yeah getting fit getting fit for the summer (laughs) kanye's new workout plan all right steven i think that is everything that we want to talk about are we good my man all right And folks at home, I leave you with this. From all of us, to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now.
dance club. Dance hard like you're about to rip your pants up. 